This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You are listening to the Blockade Pinball Podcast. I am your host, Chris Freebus, aka Shut Your Trap. Not joining me today will be uh, Jared because time zones are hard when you were talking to Zen Studios, essentially, in Budapest. So it's early morning for me and after work for them. Uh, <laughs> so today joining us, we have uh, Mel Kirk, VP of Publishing. We have Ekos Gorke, who's the community manager for Old Zen, and designer Thomas Cross, who has uh, done tables such as Bob's Burger, Jurassic World, Portal, Guardians of the Galaxy, Calrissian Adventures, Adventureland, and my absolute favorite of all Zen tables, Aliens. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. <laughs> See, I'm... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of, when I was looking to see what tables you did, I was like, oh, sweet. I get to grill them all about that table. Um, <laughs> so we're going to start off kind of just with uh, what's happening in Zen right now, uh, or, you know, the big to-do has been uh, with the Williams Pinball app for uh, iOS and uh, Google Play. Mel, you had mentioned to me at one point that you guys were hoping to go for the uh, best pinball experience you could have on mobile. And I was quite shocked the first time that I opened it up and that it visually looks identical to what I was seeing on Steam. Uh, Beyond just the visuals, you're kind of going for the whole the whole uh, vibe of also with uh, pinball effects adding in uh, the challenges and the multiplayer and stuff. Um, how does that whole process kind of come together of, of creating this madness? Yeah, it, it, it's been kind of mad, uh, I guess, for a while. Sometimes we felt like we were uh, not really creating a cohesive um, package for players. We felt like um, it was too, it was, it was like too busy, I guess is, is the way mm-hmm. that I might put it. Um, where does someone come into the game and like focus um, to where if they just want to be playing pinball, um, is that pure experience there? But we know that in order to hold people's attention, uh, particularly on mobile, you got to have, you know, very, the game needs to open up and have various things for them to do. So we have a lot of things for people to do in a pinball game. It's just how do you arrange that properly? How do you make it so it's fun? And how do you, you know, in mobile monetization is a thing, right? We need to make money so we can actually continue to making it. How does all how do all those elements balance together? The first thing we had to focus on was the, the table itself had to be beautiful gameplay, totally smooth, spot on. The physics, um, obviously, ultra important. Um, so that that's number one. The the pure pinball experience has to be excellent. Number two, the features that we're going to wrap around it. How do we how do we let people uh, interact with those? Whether it's the daily challenges, if it's the multiplayer environment with skills, um, if it's uh, just, you know, trying to unlock the stuff that we have in there and then, you know, monetize, monetize around it. How do we do it? So it's good for players because we know a lot of pinball people just want to come in and buy tables. And then there's the other 99% of the world mobile market who just never wants to spend a dime and just grind their way through something or watch ads in return for gameplay. So there's a lot to it. Um, you know, we, we, it took us a lot longer than we thought it was going to take. I know we were talking with you guys about, you know, doing beta forever and then we finally got there and um, so we appreciate, you know, digital uh, pinball fans for helping us out with that. 
But um, yeah, I don't know, Tom, do you have anything else to add with that? I mean, that's just kind of the process and the uh, approach. I take. mean, for me, I've just been sort of mainly focused on the, the actual tables themselves. So, you know, the, the overall package, you know, it's not really been something that I've had much design work on. Um, but say I, you know, when the beta came out publicly, you know, I downloaded it on my phone and, you know, gave it a shot and it's, it's really fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think one of the things we, we already can tell is that, um, you know, because mobile games are all about data. We get piles and piles of data and we're constantly analyzing it. People are spending a lot of time with the game um, and that's awesome. Engagement and retention, you know, in a mobile game, like if you got people actually willing to invest their time and stay there, that's like the first battle, um, and that we feel really good about that. People see value in spending their time playing web spin on mobile. And I think Acos, you know, is getting uh, some of the feedback on yeah. online. So I was yeah. gonna say, Acos especially has got to be getting the the. <laughs> it, it's amazing how pre-release of any of these things. I'll have kind of mentally what I'm thinking about the game and be like, oh, okay, and we'll talk about it in the podcast. And then it gets released in public and I'll read comments and I'll just be like, wow, I never approached it from that angle. I never thought people would think this or, you know, and, and it's interesting how some people can get so heated over something and there'll be equally other people on the other side being like, no, you're all wrong. And I'm just like, oh, that's gotta be madness for a community manager to try and <laughs> wrangle those, those puppies together. Yeah, but that's that's good. Like that's what I when someone I always say when someone is is mad at me or someone is really you know giving us the heat, that means they feel really passionately about the game. That they want to play it, they want to spend time with it. So I really welcome those uh, feedback. <laughs> I'm I'm I know that we are you know in people's minds there, and uh, I've been talking to a lot of people. Like uh, they've been enjoying the challenges, making their first appearance on mobile, which. Is my personal favorite of the game as well, and the challenges. Um, but yeah, we got. I think we got a lot, a lot of work to do, but I think we're on a really good track right right now. Yeah, there's two interesting things that stand out to me. One uh, was Zen Pinball, which is a hugely downloaded, highly rated game from Zen. Most of the hate we get or one star reviews is that there's only one free table. And you have mm -hmm. to and so with Williams, we took the approach: we're just gonna make everything free. There's some pain if you want to pay, but you can do it. And then we get everybody to say, I just want to pay. Yeah. So, <laughs> you can't win. In France, we have a 4.4 rating. In the US, we have a one point something. I mean, it's just like, it's so geographically driven and so, uh, you know, what players expect in different parts of the world now, it's so segmented. Wave, we're just learning a lot. We're getting a ton of feedback. We're getting our grips, we're making our, you know, our bearings, we're making some changes to the game, which will be released maybe even today or over the weekend. Um, but yeah, we're on a really good start. Like we started yeah. off really solid. I from you guys in your group was like phenomenal. It's super helpful. Uh, in the Android right now, we're in an open beta phase um, and we're seeing similar results to iOS. So, you know, number one, can, is the pinball, is the pure pinball experience good on the mobile device? I think we nailed that. The rest will evolve over time. Like I said, for me, the, the, the most important things were visually, uh, for instance, you know, curves and straight lines. There's no jaggies, the curves are true curves and the plastics that are supposed to be uh, you know, see-through, they are. And that's that's hard to pull off on mobile. Um, I mean, we've seen other pinball apps with mobile and have to cut corners and, and kind of do things. And then the other thing was th the physics of it. Um, and during the beta, I was able to get uh, you know, into the pro physics and pro difficulty and realized, oh man, this is, this is like 
playing in FX3 in the uh, classic arcade mode or whatever, where it was just like brutally difficult um, and, yeah. and so different from what you start the game with. So it's kind of an interesting, if you're grinding, introducing yourself to the, the tables at that regular difficulty. And for those of us that aren't used to playing on pinball on a mobile device, because it just playing with your thumbs is odd. Um, it, it, kind of warms you up to it. And then all of a sudden you get that and you're just like, whoa, that's totally different experience. Um, so it was, it was kind of interesting that capturing that. I, I did feel the, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say we keep full-time engineering on our pinball engine and you know we have a lot of experience, uh, like our code is super optimized because for a long time, mobile devices weren't very powerful. And so we, you know, we learned how we learned a lot of tricks, and now mobile devices are, I mean, they're super powerful, bordering on uh, high-end handheld gaming devices or consoles and whatnot. So, the tricks that we used to in the past, but we're prepared for to make stuff play well and look good on mobile. My initial reaction uh, was that the navigation was a little bit confusing. We actually some of those things got corrected in the in the beta that were confusing me. Um, What's funny is after playing it for a month, it's now second nature to me. Um, and I've had that same kind of experience with other mobile games where when I first get into it, I'm like, guy, I can't, how do I even get around here? And, and I keep on, you know, hitting brick walls of, of where I need to go. And then once you're used to it, it just becomes like, well, this isn't really difficult, guys, you know, to anybody that's new to the thing. So I kind of would just encourage anybody that's trying the app for the first time, give it a week of play. You know, let yourself kind of fumble around for it for a little bit eventually you'll understand why it's laid out the way it is um, and it'll make perfect sense. So. Well, cool. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot that, and that's the thing is there's a lot in the game. Um, I don't know. Sometimes we maybe overcomplicate things, but, <laughs> but then we hear from people, I want more to do with my pinball table. So yeah. I don't know. So I'm curious uh, what happens when new tables uh, come out on console and steam is it going to be day and date with mobile or will there still be a, a delay between the two we're planning day and date now moving forward uh with tables across all platforms console pc and mobile okay um and i don't know if uh anybody in the room knows the answer to this but one of the so obviously grinding to earn the tables for free you got to collect table parts um in the beta when i was playing it once you reached max table parts, you could still earn table parts, but they just kind of like, why? <laughs> you know, you're not, you didn't need them anymore. Is there going to be something implemented where it basically, once you've maxed out a table, you no longer collect those parts so that as more and more tables come in, you're not having this giant pool of parts that you're trying to pull from. It's just purely the ones that you're missing. Or is it going to continue to be that? Or is it going to be something where maybe you could trade table parts in for other parts, you know, depending? I don't know. Do you guys know we're planning on that? Okay. <laughs> I don't think we're, yeah, our, our group right here doesn't doesn't know the exact answer to that. Okay. I'm aware of that. You can once you max out a table, you can still earn parts on it. What do you do with those? But I don't know what the uh, what the plan is to do with those just yet. Okay. Because our concern is, you know, if right now collecting seven table parts, it's it's manageable. Um, it's going to take you probably I don't know. I'm I'm guessing probably four weeks to to max it out 
Um, I'm kind of keeping tabs myself uh, as I you know, start brand new again once the beta was over and, and seeing how long this takes. But once you've got, say, 15 tables, that's going to be a slow, much slower maxing out any one table. Um, so that's why we were kind of curious what, what happens. You know, if all of a sudden you're a brand new player and there's, like I said, 15 tables to do, that's going to be much different than the player that started right now. So um, something. All those tools are well, there's, uh, uh, you know, constant balance uh, going on with the game and evaluating the data and the feedback that we get to, uh, to optimize the player experience. Players start getting dumped into different buckets based on their play behavior, based on what they do in the game. So the game is smart, you know, um, yeah. it, it should be adjusting. It might not be yet because we're still early. We need a certain amount of players to really get that going, but that's the idea behind, um, you know, mobile games. This feels like a culmination of, uh, <laughs> basically once I maxed out the tables, I was like, I need to check out some of these other ones that you guys had on. Uh, so I checked out alien versus pinball and Bethesda pinball. Um, and it's interesting because this feels like the culmination of those two particular apps that were put out uh, with aliens having the grinding to open up eggs to open up the next table kind of aspect and Bethesda having the whole matchup uh, aspect. And now we're, we're at this point. Is that kind of what this is a progression? And is there any chance that those apps get revamped to look more like this app? Um, th that's exactly what happened, Chris. Uh, actually, if you look back, you know, Zen Pinball was the start, and then Aliens vs. Pinball pushed us in a direction, took a little further with Bethesda, tried some new things. Bethesda and Aliens vs. Pinball were kind of the, the prototype for the, the making of Pinball FX3. Oh, okay. FX3, and now we're back to Williams, what we've done at Williams. So I don't know that we're going to look back retroactively and like update ABSP or Bethesda, but. Um, we're really focused on the future of what's going on with Williams because we think that we can really, we, we're going to have a library of content that works really well with this model. Mm -hmm. Whereas Alien and Bethesda, we're kind of, you know, there's no other new tables planned for those. Right, just tapped out. Um, so Williams, we can really grow. And if you look at the you know, the rest of the Zen library, there's other games uh, with a lot of tables, you know, um, that we could apply to. So we'll see what happens right now with Williams. Uh, but it, this is the culmination of, a, of years and years of work, research, trying, experimenting, um, and it's finally, you know, this is the next step for uh, this type of pinball game. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, multiplayer skills app aspect of this. Um, I get addicted to this. <laughs> uh, there is, right now, I am currently in a battle with on Medieval Madness, because darn it, I want the, I want that top dollar spot of earning three bucks, and there's three of us that are just like constantly going back and forth against each other, um, and Medieval Madness on one ball, knowing that there's a dollar amount hanging over your head is just tense. <laughs> <laughs> especially, especially since the, the right outlane is a Hoover vacuum of drains. And so many of the scores, you, if you can score a million points on that, you're almost guaranteed to win because I can't tell you how many games I've had where I've had two flips and it was an outlane drain and I only had a score of 200 grand. You know, and you're just like practically wanting to throw your phone and you're like, not fair! <laughs> and the next game you have, you know, a 20 million game. So, I mean, it's all over the map, um, but it is tons of fun. Right now, though, there is only limited, it, it's only Medieval Madness and uh, the gameplay modes are not 
I think there's only, well, there's only one if you're doing cash game and I'm not sure how many different options are for the, uh, for the practice mode. Uh, obviously you guys have the esports edition where you can play uh, Epic night or Epic, Epic quest and Mars. Uh, and there's a couple of different uh, mo or, or gameplay options in that. Is there going to be more added to the skills group? Maybe once there's more players involved or, or what's the thought process beyond that? Yeah, this is a, our first step out with the Williams app on skills integration. Um, we're working very closely with skills to figure out what the right cadence is for new content, new modes, um, and how we make sure that we keep uh, players, uh, you know, keep them happy. The thought is if we have too much in there, then it spreads out the competition too thin. Yeah. And you want, and you want people to really try to get good at something. So, um, Again, yeah, there's going to be more. Um, it's just a matter of uh, what we think what the next move is. But we just started out. This is like the first step um, yeah. just to get our feet wet. I mean, I, I personally would hope for a rotation of tables yeah. Uh, yeah. because that's eventually what I've experienced with, with the eSports app and uh, Pinball Arcade also has their uh, version uh, called Pinball Arcade. With it, it just has the one table. But eventually, you kind of learn the tricks of how to earn the score that you need to earn. And then there's a, there'll be a few players that are exceedingly good, and then you can just never beat them. <laughs> and then you stop playing the app because you're just to the point where you're like, well, I can't, I can't advance. And so if there's a rotation of tables, it kind of refreshes that excitement. And so that would be my thing. But I totally get the idea of if you have too many modes, it spreads the players too far out, and then you're not playing against anybody, which, again, kills the fun of the, of the app. Yeah. Tom, have you started making extra money in skills yet? Not yet. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, yeah, not so good. <laughs> the, the the great thing with the skills app, because uh, I am the mobile player that hates to put money into things. And with and I don't I don't know if it's on if this is something skills just randomly assigns or if it's up to the, the developer, but uh, by earning achievements you can earn uh, perks, if you will. And sometimes they even give you cash. And so at one point I had won, and this was just me doing the practice modes, I'd won $3. I've since turned that $3 into $55. So now I have, un I, well, I don't have unlimited play, but I'm having a lot more play of being able to to uh, do the, the cash games. And it's, it's a lot of fun doing that way. Cool. We just need like a thousand of you. And <laughs> honestly, skills could look very different. It could look very, very good. Uh, I was actually in their offices a couple of weeks ago, and they were running like this forty thousand dollar bowling tournament. Oh my gosh! Forty grand. <laughs> if we get a thousand competitive pinball players um, in the game, we can go to that level, and you guys will be playing for serious money. See, here's the thing with the bowling apps, though, and I know this for a fact: you can program in swipe movements into your phone, so that all you have to do is push a button, and it automatically does that movement. So those people that are winning top dollar on bowling they're all doing that and that to me is kind of a, i don't know it, it's a level of cheating i don't even want to <laughs> i can't compete with let's put it that way so at least pinball everybody's on an even playing field if you will i mean there is no yeah there's there's no pre-programming pro excuse me programming in it you gotta you gotta do it yourself i mean that's all there is to it so yeah but we, we see big potential with this we see this as you know 
IFPA guys are going crazy now, traveling, winning money in uh, in tournament play. Um, this could be the, an extension of that on the digital side. Um, and the prize pools could be much bigger, much quicker. Is there any way of getting the, say, the Steam version, having that be able to do skills uh, on PC, or is it purely an online app? I mean, a mobile app. Um, there's a lot of things possible. Skills and Zen are working together uh, quite closely, so we'll see what the what we can do. I would love to be able to play it with a real controller. <laughs> that, that would that would make all the difference in the world for me. Um, Ecos, talk to me a little bit about prior to the Williams Pinball app and the Zen community that you were dealing with, and then after Williams got released and having that whole new influx of input, uh, basically it's those of us from digital pinball fans, I imagine. Um, how is that? Has there been a difference in how you've had to communicate with people, uh, issues you've had to deal with? Um, I don't think there's a difference on how I had to communicate, but it was a lot of fun getting to know a lot more people that I wasn't necessarily in contact with before. Mm -hmm. Because um, there's a whole new aspect of of the, the digital pinball loving, like original loving people, and the really old school uh, guys. Uh, one thing that was, I think it was really challenging is to uh, get everything just right. Because, you know, there's like different manuals, different, you know, uh, models of pinball tables. And that wasn't a problem before, but now I had people like 50, 100 people saying like, this isn't the right red, this is this right. like <laughs> in the manual. Uh, so I had to, you know, uh, juggle all those communication between the team and, and different deep uh, the graphics people and, and the community. It was it was really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some uh, there's some hardcore people out there that'll notice if a light sequence is out of order. Uh, <laughs> I actually learned a lot, and I've been playing a lot more uh, pinball. I think since we released the Williams collection, because now I, I you know like I go out. Uh, into the city, and I see like a like a fishtail somewhere or a getaway. Uh, I was like, oh yeah, I, I know this I know this table now. Right, I know how to play it. It looks like much better. It's really, it's really, it's really good having Williams uh, come to Pinball FX3. Yeah. Out of curiosity, and this is kind of open to all three of you, is there any one Zen table, Zen original, that you think could be manufactured into an actual physical table? I know that. Okay, Tom, you start there. Uh, I think a couple of mine were sort of really physical-based tables, even though they had like all the extra sure. magical Zen on. You know, I the Super League football table and the Aliens table. I've always picked they the were. Aliens table. Could be. I mean, the only thing that I think would be difficult on that is the uh, the pop-up aliens traveling down the field. Uh, uh, yeah. But other than that, I think it's what I noticed with when you guys did the Williams tables and you added in all the Zen enhancements. I think that kind of shows people you could reverse engineer it the other direction from a fully enhanced Zen version into what would translate into a physical property with you know with mechanical uh, uh, toys and such. Um, this kind of leads me into your design process when you get unless let's. Let's take, for example, Adventureland. So completely original property, no license. You're you know, having the story created, if you will, the world created in-house. 
and you get assigned this table. What is your kind of, uh, where do you start with design? Is it starting with the layout? Is it starting with what you want to happen on the table? Where does that kind of uh, uh, start for you? Yeah, so I mean, generally we're sort of looking mainly at the, the layout first, uh, just to get, you know, the general sort of gameplay flowing nicely. And then at the same time, we're sort of looking at major toys on the table, you know, so you like got a Ferris wheel or, you know, whatever, whatever the particular toy is, you know, we're always sort of trying to get those core features fixed mm -hmm. first. And then sort of once we've done that, we go on to the concept stage with, you know, the 2D artists, um, you know, filling out the table with the play field textures, the lamps, everything like that. Um, and so it's always a sort of an ongoing process of, you know, we'll put something in. If it works, good, great. If it doesn't work, you know, we'll modify it somehow. Uh, that's sort of generally how we start. It's not like you're starting with, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we had a table that had a giant Ferris wheel and this looping roller coaster? <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of later down the stage. Uh, yeah, not not too late, but it's it's yeah, generally well. When, when I start on the tables, it's layout I always look at first, and then I'll try and fit the toys in immediately afterwards. Do you have a favorite kind of layout or a favorite table designer of, you know, of real-world pinball that you kind of uh, gravitate towards? For me, I always sort of tend towards Twilight Zone. I always like the, the layout and then the little flipper at the side. Um, so yeah, that's probably my favorite go-to table. Okay. Um, so it's more of the 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 Pat Lawler style, uh, yeah. catch and shoot kind of tables rather than a, just a pure flow table. Yeah. So yeah, when when we do our original tables as well, it's always wide body designs as well we go for. Um, though a lot of the, well, in fact, all of the narrow body tables so far have been Williams. So it's been right. sort of an interesting design change for us working on that as well. Now, interestingly, you've also had a ton of work then with the purely licensed tables. Um, I mean, when I rattled off that list, how is that different dealing with a licensor when designing your table? Um, are they coming at you again? Are they coming at you first with ideas or are you kind of coming up with ideas and then presenting it to them for approval? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we generally design most of it ourselves. Um, okay. You know, we'll we'll choose the the characters that we want on the table, and then we'll you know shoot a, off an email to them just to you know check out if there's any problems with that or something. I mean, you know, the aliens table was very tricky in terms of licensing. I think you know we had Sigourney Weaver like after the RC was you know done, so it was it was quite a tricky table. Um, but it took a while yeah. to get her agreement done. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting because I just uh, recently was at the uh, Museum of Pinball in Banning. I don't know. Have you been there, Mel? I haven't. I, it's on my list of places to go, definitely. Um, it's only open a couple of days a year, though, right? Like, yeah, they're, they, the, basically the final, I shouldn't say the final one for the year, but the final one for any stretch of time uh, is coming right up uh, mid-March. It's Arcade Expo. Um, and uh, they're doing it where they have one room is nothing but the pinball machines, so over 500 pinball machines, and the other room is nothing but arcade cabinets, um, and over 500 of those. 
so it's their giant kind of the, the biggest event that they do. Um, the one I was just at was for it never drains in Southern California uh, pinball tournament. But why reason why I was going to mention it, they have highway pinballs alien table there. And I was really excited because the odds of me being able to come across that table are pretty slim considering how few were made. Um, and of course I'm immediately comparing it with Zen aliens. And the thing is, it, it's a fun table and they do a fantastic lighting job. They black out the table multiple times. And it's a lot of fun for that aspect. It's one of those machines that you definitely want to play in a dark room. Um, but it basically should have been called the colonial Marines because it's literally nothing but alien tracker setting up sentry guns and, you know, loading into the APC and, and that's it. And I was like, guy, Zen nailed the feel of the movie and got the, the story and the atmosphere and, and all that. And it was just like, I totally prefer Zen's version because it tells the story. I, I really, uh, it was fun to be able to kind of do that AB comparison and, and, and see that. So, I mean, hats off to you guys for that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's all, I mean, we remiss, there's a great group of producers over at, it's Fox Next now, but it was Fox Interactive FDU when we were working with them, but uh, great, you know, people who know their IP very well and sometimes give you a few tips to really authenticate the experience. You know, next up, Die Hard, right? Oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Little Bruce Willard. This yeah. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> this Christmas. This Christmas. That'd be one of those tables where it's like, it better be carrying the R, uh, the, the heavy language uh, label. Otherwise, it'd just be no fun. Um, <laughs> the, the. Uh, sorry, I just got to go stream. So. Oh, yeah. Akos is going to go yeah. stream. Me and Tom are staying with you. Okay. Well, hey, Akos, thank you so much. I know this is after hours for you guys. So uh, I appreciate you uh, stopping by and, and saying hello to everybody. Uh, it was an honor. Thank you. I've been watching you guys for cool months, years. Thanks so much. So, yeah, the the licensing though with some of these companies um, has there been some that have been much more hands on, and some that have just been kind of like, yeah, do whatever, and we'll you know show it to us at the end. You know, has there been varying degrees of that? I think so. Uh, I probably see it from one way, and Tom sees it from another way. So yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's it's been fairly similar with all the license tables I've worked with. Um, you know, I generally when I start on the project, I have pretty much free reign. You know, as long as it's within the the realms of whatever I'm working on. Um, but and it's just usually towards the end where we're getting approvals for, you know, various aspects that there may be the odd issue crop up um, so for me it's a fairly similar process um, yeah i think in one sense now uh we've done so much licensed content that our the ip holders trust us they know that we're going to make a good pinball table we've proven we've done we've done it many times so it's really just them reviewing that it's everything's on point on color on character right. on the end yeah um so i mean even yeah. with these you know williams tables you know we will they're literally, you know, giving us free reign to do pretty much whatever we want. And, yep. you know, we're just getting approval at the end and it's been fine. So yeah, there's super easy to work with. Yeah. The things that are the hardest is when you're talking about film uh, and film assets changing all the time, even up until like two weeks before the film releases. 
we've been working on something that's trying to hit it within the film window and then we get that back and some of that, that stuff changes pretty significantly even dialogue and character the, the whole look of the character so that's that's when it really gets challenging uh tom how excuse me losing my train of thought here because uh, i thought of two things and i already know i'm gonna answer this one because i know the answer to uh what uh, mel would say uh i know that mel's dream uh, one of his dream licenses to stranger things i'm curious to know what one of your dream licenses to be able to work on would be uh, mine is completely different even though i do love stranger things actually that would be a really cool thing to work on uh, one of my favorite areas is like 80s cartoons okay so there's like Thundercats and Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles and Transformers and things like that. You know, I'd love to work on a table. Robotech. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that would be fun, though. A guy at Thundercats table would be kind of cool, uh, actually. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's one of those properties that is, is very popular and yet hasn't had any kind of a revival. So that would be... Uh, no, I mean, there have been a couple of, uh, you know, attempts at redoing some of the cartoons that were sort of a little successful but not so successful that we carried on with them so yeah uh i'm and now i finally remember what i was going to ask you originally what i was saying is with the williams uh tables there's the whole enhanced visuals aspect uh that you guys are doing and i'm curious tom how involved with uh designing those are you uh well we we pretty much design everything um okay to do with the visual extras um sort of like when we get the the tables into play we'll you know play them for a day or two um and sort of during that time we're getting you know physical you know the physical properties of the table were you know discovering what's you know how exactly they work uh, mm -hmm. but you know during that time we're also thinking of you know which characters will we have you know which objects can we use you know which are used in all of the game modes so we can you know make the best possible use out of them and so that's it's pretty much just you know us designers who are doing that stuff mel had hinted that you guys were kind of holding back on how extreme you went with any of these uh, enhancements and i think we're coming close to the point where you guys feel like you can maybe go off the leash a little bit and go crazy um is there a particular table in mind uh that you would and this is you could be well down the future or whatever but a table that you've seen out in the wild where you're just like oh my gosh i have just a flood of ideas that would uh that you you can go nuts with i mean of course the the indiana jones tables uh you know if we get that one it'll be pretty wild i'm sure but i mean i think i mentioned before you know we might have the opportunity to do like a you know, Indiana Jones, our own version as well. Right, your own versions, yeah. Yeah, that'd be really awesome. <laughs> 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 it'd be, yeah, a lot of good ideas for that one. Like um, in particular right now that you think of, uh, that you could go like totally crazy on? In the, of the ones we've got in the office, I mean like Circus Voltaire is one of my favorites and I could probably think of some pretty yeah. cool, cool things to do on that one. Yeah, that would be that one does definitely lend itself to uh i mean just the jugglers and the menagerie and and you know i don't know whenever i sell that the the that little cage you might say with the ball inside of it i always just thought of the guy on a motorcycle going around and around uh, <laughs> the circuit performer kind of things oh um, i steal that one. <laughs> oh 
Well, it's funny because there's we've had multiple discussions over the years um, prior to you guys, you know, the Williams thing even being on the horizon, but where people have gone, God, could you imagine what Zen would do with this particular table? Um, and so there's been multiple times where we've had that discussion of, you know, with X, Y, or Z table, where it's just like, oh, you could be doing this, and you could be doing this, and you could have this happen, and, you know, all sorts of madness uh, to engage with. So... Uh, definitely looking forward to to more of that because so far with what we've seen, like I love the dragon flying around on medieval madness. I think that's just the coolest. Um, I know some people are like, oh, it gets in the way of the flipper. Who cares? It looks awesome. <laughs> and you have to think for a minute, and then you bring it back. Exactly, and and I mean, for instance, the cannon shot on Black Rose. Uh, that's one of those where I when you're doing the rotation thing and the camera's going along with it, yeah, that's a little bit too much for me. So yeah, I just push the button, go back out into wide mode because it makes it easier for me. Um, but I'm still seeing it momentarily. And yeah, it's so easy to just hit that button and turn it on and off. So I love that the option is there. Uh, yeah, I, I should mention too that, uh, and I've mentioned in this previous podcast with regards to playing Black Rose uh, just recently again. And it was in this dark environment and they did black flippers with black rubber and there's not much lighting down at the flipper area anyway. And it just made it brutally difficult because you couldn't see the ball. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'd be a pain. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the, when we got the attack from Mars table in as well, um, the first time I got the straight multi ball, yeah. I had the lights all off then. And I could like only see the balls by like the flickering of the lights on top of the balls. And that was, yeah, really cool. It's a whole different experience, yeah, playing something in that. And I know some people, <laughs> there was a guy at, at the museum who was basically about to be marketing a new product. And it was magnetically mounted light that he could put onto the front apron and light the table so that if it was a dark environment, he could have a fully lit play field. <laughs> Um, so yeah, there's certain people out there, obviously that they want no part of a dark table. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to wrap things up here. Uh, cause I have questions now that I want to ask that I can't ask for the general public. Um, so <laughs> I just wanted to thank, uh, thank you, Mel Kirk. Thank you, Thomas Cross. And, uh, thanks. Although we already left, uh, Ecos Yorkie for, uh, stopping by after hours there at Zen studios in Budapest. Um, I'm still waiting for my plane ticket and uh, room and board, but you know. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and, and thanks to all the listeners for uh, listening and uh, making some suggestions for uh, questions that I could ask. Uh, we will talk to you guys again soon. Thanks so much. Bye, guys. Cheers, Chris. Yeah. Bye. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. WizardAmusement.com Sales, Restoration, Customization Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favourite podcast hosting service that Blarcade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball. <laughs>